attention to the church Tuesday night. We had a powerful move of God, um, very powerful move of God. The Holy Ghost fell. Uh, the church is not that large. I don't know what they had, 100 people maybe, um, maybe 100 people there. But when uh, Brother, uh, Brother Carricker, the pastor, said we're not going to receive an offering until after the presentation tonight. And after it was done, they set the offering plates out, and people just kept coming and piled those plates full. And um, what he did was to write one check to me that night, not to me, but to the mission, uh, that night, he said, this is what normally comes in in a missions offering. He said, but it was getting late. Hutchinson's a small town relatively compared to Kansas City Metro. And uh, there's not a whole lot of places open to eat after seven. And he said, we, we need to just write a check and get on out and we'll count the offering later and I'll send you the difference. And so they sent the difference. And let me tell you that relatively small church felt such a burden for what was going on they received over three thousand dollars in the offering that night well hallelujah praise god amen and um and so we will continue to use this as our setting of scripture uh because it does describe so well what has happened over there acts chapter 2 and verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, uh, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed... Uh, were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having, peop uh, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The first day, 3,000. And more every day thereafter. Now we sang about having a revival. This describes having a revival. And I submit to you tonight that this revival began, it began in verse 41. They that gladly received his word. That's where it starts. When people can gladly receive the Word of God, that is the seedbed of revival. Amen. Praise God. May God bless the reading of His Word to your hearts. You may be seated tonight. Let me just very quickly go through a brief review of what we have covered and what you have seen already. Um, um, just by way of background to remind you, when we went to Zimbabwe in June, 
uh, we conducted a two-day seminar that lasted Friday and Saturday, June the 21st and 22nd. And then on Sunday, uh, some of the team members went to various churches uh, where each of them held their own service. And then Sunday afternoon, we came back and held a general session where all the people were brought together. Amen. Now, what we watched the last time that I did this, uh, I showed you the uh, video clips from Friday session. All right? Is everybody with me? What you saw then was the first day of the seminar, and, um, and we talked about those things. I went through and showed you uh, what happened. It started with Brother Stevens teaching uh, on the importance of establishing everything on the Word of God, and when our traditions contradict truth, we stand for truth and forget about tradition. We showed you that, and uh, you, you got to watch that and, and experience that as the wall began to come down right then. Uh, we then went on. Uh, when he finished, he finished a little early, and so we took some questions, and uh, I showed you in the second clip a question that was brought up, and remember the subject was traditions, and somebody said, you know, we've been hearing from some people that we ought to have church on the Sabbath on Saturday and not Sunday. Is that just a matter of tradition? How does that fit in? And so I showed you my response from the Scripture. Uh, then the third, the third clip that we watched that night was uh, Evangelist Sam Howard as he explained the true meaning of Matthew 28, 19. And uh, there is a glorious truth to be held in the explanation or to be found in the explanation of that scripture. And then uh, I showed you where I dealt with Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And you'll remember, those of you that were here, that were here you remember the, uh, the, the look of revelation as it came to the crowd that night as they began to realize that salvation really was essential to, or that baptism really was essential to salvation. While I was on the subject of the necessity of baptism, I addressed the typology of the first Adam, where he got his bride from, the second Adam, uh, Jesus, and getting his bride from his side while he was asleep in death. We showed you that clip. Uh, after that, I dealt with the phrase uh, where Jesus said to baptize them in the name of the Father. And I went through all of that. We watched that clip as well. Next was one of the most amazing things that I've ever witnessed, one of the most amazing moments of my entire life and ministry, and that is when Pastor Simon Masandu, uh, a man who has a number of degrees, speaks eight languages, is overseer of eight different churches in three separate countries. Pastor Simon stepped to the podium and began to publicly repent because he realized he had been teaching the wrong message all of these years. And it was a phenomenal moment. Uh, and, and even to this day, when I go back and look at it, I weep again. Uh, it, it was such a powerful moment powerful thing. And then the final clip that we showed that night is where Pastor uh, Charles Nadiara uh, explained his dilemma. Uh, he said, I, I don't know what to do. I've baptized many people the wrong way. How do I fix that? And we dealt with that, and that's where we let off, uh, left off. Now, the next week, most of the church was gone to Heritage. 
Brother Brandon continued showing these clips. So those of you that did not go to Heritage saw some of the clips uh, that we're going to see tonight. Perhaps saw all of the clips that we're going to see tonight. I don't know how far we'll get, how far time will allow us. Uh, but I wanted to come back and offer to you some commentary and explain to you what actually is going on. So you're not just seeing this happen, but you know the background. You know what's happening, all right? So that's where we're at. We're going to go back, and even though he showed these before, we're going to see some of them. Uh, those of you that were here are going to see them again, and uh, those of you that were not here will see them, perhaps some of these for the very first time tonight. Amen. So here's where we're at. As we start these clips tonight, and you'll want to adjust the lighting however it needs to be adjusted, but, but as we start these clips tonight, uh, we are beginning tonight on the second day of the seminar, all right? So, so now, um, and you'll remember the schedule. It took us two, two nights flying in, got in on Thursday, had church Thursday night, had several people receive the Holy Ghost Thursday night, started the seminar Friday morning early, went all day long Friday. Um, we had actually concluded Friday night with Brother Ogle teaching on the oneness of the Godhead. Now, understand, these are all Trinitarians. And, and even though I've taught them on baptism in Jesus' name, we have not really addressed the oneness of God. Brother Ogle concluded the session that Friday by teaching on the oneness of God. And, and um, in all honesty, I don't know of any moment during that lesson when there was great revelation that came. And so we walked away Friday night not really knowing how they had received uh, the, the lesson at the conclusion of the day. Saturday then, and we had a complete schedule drawn up, but we got together as a team and we said, you know, we just don't feel like we should just keep plodding through this schedule. We need to take some time and make sure they understood what was taught last night. And so rather than go into the next session that was on the schedule, we decided to open that day with a time of question and answer. All right? And so, so what you're going to be seeing now is uh, some of that question and answer session that took place the morning of the second day of the seminar. Is everybody with me? So this is Saturday morning. We're in a question and answer session. All right, now, let me just tell you that, you know, again, you got to remember, we had closed out dealing with, with the oneness of God and, and did not have question and answer. The next day, we just opened with question and answer. What that meant was some of the questions didn't really have anything to do with the oneness of God. All right? Now, they did eventually get to asking questions because I kept directing them back that way. But at the same time, I did not at any point want them to feel like we were avoiding whatever question they ask. And so we did our best to answer the questions that were put to us. And one of the first questions that came to us uh, that morning on Saturday was a question. Uh, and evidently, there was someone in particular that they had in mind uh, because it was just too many details for it to have just been a made-up scenario. But they said, what about a man that has no real background? He's never really been a part of a church. He's never really been submitted to anybody. But all of a sudden, one day, he says he's a preacher. And he goes out and begins to preach. And he's performing miracles. 
people people are being touched and 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 seeming to you know make changes in their life as a result of what this man's doing they said what how do you how do you answer this is this of god is this really of god can a man do this can he perform miracles if he's not right and so it uh, it was a valid question so let's Let's look at my response to this question. All right. I was told everything was ready to go. Obviously, it wasn't. Let's, uh, I don't think it's plugged in right. I think you got a major problem with the way things are. Just stop, stop it if you would so we can begin it the right place. This is the problem with technology. If, if you would. Deuteronomy chapter 13. Uh, Yeah. 
Zimbabwe, you are answered. That was mine. I'll take point again. Amen. Amen. Let me repeat that again. So, Hatitel Minana. Now he's preaching in the Shona language. He's preaching. I'm saying we don't follow miracles, but we follow the word of God. How do you know that adventure with miracles? God is testing you yes. to see whether you love him yeah. or you love me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, the miracle thing has been erased from our profile. We believe in miracles, but we believe much in the word of God. tonight but but I don't know if you caught what he said but he said there are people in Zimbabwe that have been going around going around saying we're the children of miracles we're the children of miracles and he said this is a big thing he's talking about the charismatics in his country that they're pushing these miracles I didn't know that was going on I had no idea that that was happening in Zimbabwe but my answer addressed that thing that they have been fighting and gave them the response to the charismatics among them. And that's why he got so excited. That's why he took over and started preaching. And he said, Zimbabwe, we've got our answer. This whole miracle thing has been erased from our profile. We don't have to deal with this anymore. We're not the children of miracles. We're the children of God. Now, there was such a spirit of preach that was in that place that not only did Pastor Simon Masandu start preaching, but before, by the time he got done, Brother Ogle was ready to take off a little bit. So that's what you're going to see happen next. Go ahead. I also was thinking about what he said as far as the guy that uh, just would start preaching. I, I'm reminded of a principle that's in the Word of God. There, there was a battle 
And David wanted to know if his son was alive and okay. One of the guys uh, was told to run on and tell this to David. And then the other guy, I believe it was Ahimaaz and Cushai. And uh, the other guy said, hey, yes. I want to bear yes. news too. Can I tell him? Yeah. Uh, well, you're a good man. Okay. Yeah. So he, he ran and outran the other guy. Yes. When he got there, he, he said, what happened? I don't know. There was a fight. <laughs> David was okay. Step aside. <laughs> the real message came then by the messenger, who was filled in on the whole story. And when he got there with the whole story, he told the whole story. Now the problem we have today is many people want to get running before ever they find out what's the message. on the Godhead and I in the next clip what you're going to see it me explain to them just how simple the Godhead really is it's not hard to understand now it's hard to understand if you believe in a trinity and Trinitarians will even tell you that it's too complicated to understand you can't explain the trinity but I'm showing them that really there's only two verses of Scripture that if you'll get these two verses and you'll understand these two verses, you'll understand the Godhead. And so, and so here, the next clip, we're going to see this, um, how simple it is to understand the Godhead. When we understand this, that John 4 and 24, Jesus defined God. If anybody knows who God is, Jesus does. And Jesus did Jesus did not say God is three persons. Jesus said God is a spirit. That is the definition of God. God is a spirit. So whenever we read about God, we think spirit. When we read about the Father, we think spirit. God is a spirit, not a person, not three persons. God is a spirit. That's what Jesus said. Then Luke chapter 1. I don't think we read this one. 
Luke 1, verse 35. I'm trying Luke to put chapter one, Luke 1, 35. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. This is important. If you take John 4 and 24 and Luke 1.35 you understand the Godhead. Luke 1.35 says and the angel answered and said to Mary the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the power of the highest
That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's the only name there is. There's only one. Hallelujah. There's only one. We do believe that around here, don't we? Now, now the next, the next clip, and again, you, you've got to understand um, that in in almost every case, it was simplicity that brought understanding. It was never in some deep theological debate. But it was the simplicity of the gospel that won their hearts and minds. And so while we're talking about the Godhead, I give them this next illustration of the love of God. It's a simple illustration. You've heard me use it. But I want you to see their response as I share this little illustration about the love of God. Or not. They're what? They're dead clips. I thought we replaced them. I know you can go to the uh, web page and play them off of that. There's the web page, A to Z web page. And... Uh, the love of God, part one. But you're up too high. There you go. No, now you're back at the top of the page. Come on down. Love of God, part one. You've gone. There you go. This was a point Brother Ogle was making last night. And, and I think this is so beautiful. First John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. Now, most of us screen? could probably quote John 3.16, right? Yeah. Most of us could quote John 3.16. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. For God so loved the world. Oh, yeah. you, you can quote that, right? But can you quote 1 John 3.16? I'm not hearing very many people say yes. So, so 1 John 3.16 Says, says, there is a, says this. Hey, pause it for Amen. a minute. Somebody have that. In there is at the far right, there's two arrows there that'll make it full screen. Okay, well, let's get these errors fixed. All right, just go ahead and play it then. Your Bible for me. He's got it in, All right, in showing up. Um, Brother Stevens, become my official reader. Hereby. All right, hereby. Perceive we, Perceive the, love we the love of the love of God of God. Mm -hmm. How? 
Because he laid down his because life for us. He, who? Who is he? Hereby perceive we the love of God. The love of God. God. Because he. No kuti waka. I, I know some of you speak Shona. Mm -hmm. Many of you speak English. I, I can't give you a lesson in Shona grammar. But I can give you a lesson in English grammar. I've taught English before. In English, the word he is called a pronoun. The pronoun requires a noun to define it. We don't know who he is unless I give you a noun to describe it. So when we read this verse, there is a noun. Read it again. Hereby perceive we the love of God. The love of whom? Of God. 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 That's the noun. Then we read a pronoun. We perceive the love of God because he, there's the pronoun, the only noun we have is God. It doesn't say the Son, it says God. We perceive the love of God because he, that is God, laid down his life for us. This is how we know God loves us. Not because God said, I'm going to send someone else to die. But we know God loves us because God said, I'm going down there and do this myself. Amen. Now, if this room were to catch on fire, and Pastor Stevens and his son Garrett had gotten out, and we're all trapped inside, how much love would it be for Pastor Garrett to say, Pastor Stevens to say, for Pastor Stevens to say, I love you people so much that I'm staying outside and I'm sending Garrett in to get you. But that's what we've been teaching about God. That the Father loves you so much that he stayed in heaven and told the Son to come save you. That's not love. But what love is, is the father said, I love you so much, I'm coming down, I'm doing something. 
spirit cannot shed blood. The spirit doesn't have blood. And yet it takes blood to save us. And so the only way the spirit could save us is by the spirit to take on flesh. And when he took on flesh, that's not a separate person. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 1. Verse 1. I love this. Uh, Anybody feeling the Holy Ghost oh right now? Oh my God. Already. Already. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And verse 1. Verse 1. Says this. In the beginning. In the beginning. Bakutanga. Was the word. Was the word. I will say the word. The word. The word. And the word was with God. And the word was with God. Now, now, let's stop right there. Word in the Greek is Logos. 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 Logos means more than just a word. It really means a plan. I, I like to call it a blueprint. Have you ever seen a blueprint? When you get ready to build a building, they've drawn up the plans. This is what the building will look like. That's Lagos. A plan. A pattern. In the beginning, God had a plan. And that plan was with God. But the verse is not over. Read the rest of it. And the word was And the plan was God. Not the plan was, I'm sending someone else. someone else. Hey, Evangelist Howard, get for me Acts chapter 2. Uh, verse, se- I, I don't have any notes. This is dangerous. <laughs> verse 17. Okay, we pick right up with the next one. It starts right in the middle of that sentence. Joel chapter 2 and verse 17. Actually, I think we end up backing up to 16. And Joel chapter 2, and um, that's in the Old Testament. I'm in the Old Testament. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing Pastor Stevenson. He knows I'm just teasing him. Praise God. Joel chapter 2, and um, I want you to be ready with verse 28. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Says... This. And it shall come to pass in the last. Right, back up, back up. Let's, let's back up to verse 16. All right. But this is that. This is that. Which was spoken. Which was spoken. By 
the prophet Joel. By the prophet Joel. And it shall come it to shall pass. Come to pass. In, the last in the last days, saith God, I will pour out I will my, will my spirit upon all flesh. All right, now, we can all agree. Peter clearly said what happened at Pentecost was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Do we all agree with that? Yes. Okay, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. What happened at Pentecost was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Peter said, this is that. So let's see what Joel's prophecy says. Joel 2 verse 28. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. And it shall come to pass Oh, now I want you to notice this. It shall come to pass when? Afterward. It shall come to pass afterward. Everyone say afterward. Afterward. What? That I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. Upon all flesh. Right? Now Joel said this pouring out of the spirit would happen Afterward, or after something else had happened. So something had to happen first before the Spirit was poured out. Does everyone see that? Well, what had to happen first? Read the verse right before it, verse 27. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. You will know that I am in the midst of Israel. Read. And that I am the Lord your and God. And that I am who? The Lord your God. The Lord your God. Now how many of you have an English Bible? Can I see you? Are you looking at Joel 2 and 27 right now? Do you see the word Lord? Do you notice anything about that word? It's in all capital letters. Do you know why the King James Bible put it in all capital letters? Yes. Does anybody know why it's there? It speaks of the source, which is the Father. It is, it is actually the Hebrew word Jehovah. Anytime the capital, uh, the, the, the word Lord in the Old Testament is in all capital letters, the Hebrew word is Jehovah. Now, here's what he said. Verse 27, start again. And you shall know that I am. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and, and that I am the Lord. That your God. I am J 
Jehovah, your God. The word God there in the Hebrew is Elohim. That's the same word that's used in Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Joel 2.27 says I will be in the midst of Israel and you will know that I am Jehovah Elohim. I am the God of the Jews and I will be in the midst of Israel. And then verse 28 says it will come to pass after that Charles and what he has to say in the very next clip. So, 
Thank you. Can I confess? We are spiritual murderers. We have killed a lot Using this traditional way of Oh, but, but Pastor Charles, listen to me. The beauty of it is God has given you a brand new day today. My love place, where can I get new one? That's the Lord. And you can you you have a choice of grieving over what you did in the past. I don't know if you heard what he said. We are spiritual murderers. We have been killing people with false doctrine. So back it up. Start it, start it again at the beginning. That's, that's what he says. We are spiritual murderers. And everyone thought he was kind of joking. Um, and so they laughed in response. But as soon as I heard what he said, I knew he wasn't joking. And it just broke my heart. Let's, let's do that again. Thank you. Can I, can I confess? Yes. We are spiritual murderers. We are spiritual We have killed a lot of souls. Using this traditional way of doing it. Oh, but, but Pastor Charles, listen to me. The beauty of it is God has given you a brand new day today. My love place, where can I get new one? That's the Lord. Choice of grieving over what you did in the past. Or saying it's going to be different starting today. And God will have mercy. And God will use you from this day forward. And God can give you more souls than you ever killed with false doctrine. far tonight. Uh, we went through about eight the first night. We've gone through about five tonight. And there's a total of actually 26 clips. Uh, one of them is breaking, broken into two. Uh, so we didn't really make it very far. We, we have about two more. Let me see. One. Yeah, we have about two more and that would take us up to the time of the baptisms. So if you, can, if you can give me a few more moments, if we could watch these next two, then when we start the next time around, we'll be at the point where we break and go to the swimming pool and do the baptisms. And um, some exciting times then when we get down there and start baptizing them, and then they come back and they start sharing their testimonies and just a whole lot of positive things that, that happened throughout the rest of this. But let's, let's see if we can very quickly catch these next two. Um, this is a question that's often asked by Trinitarians. Uh, many times they want to know about this, and I don't know how well you can hear the man. Uh, he stands, we do have the question recorded, but he's basically asking about the use of plurals in the Old Testament when God said, let us make man. Or uh, the word Elohim, 
uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Elohim is God. That word Elohim is actually a plural word. And in other places in the Old Testament is translated gods with an S. And yet that was the term that was used to describe the creator. And so one of the men asked the question. Again, I don't know if you can hear his question, but that way you'll know what he's asking. And then here's my answer. Let's, let's go with the next one. <laughs> yeah, when Jesus was still on this earth, he, he never referred to himself in a plural perspective way. But in Genesis 1, verse 26, the, the verse he identifies both in a plural perspective way. The verse here, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you know, by Atanangura Mari Arimu Wandu. Then uh, maybe I will need an explanation then. Who was there with the Holy Spirit when he said, let us make an end? Okay. If, if I'm understanding the question correctly, uh, someone is going to buy lunch for us? <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Pause, pause it for just a moment. That, uh, that ringing was somebody's cell phone. And in the very beginning of the first day, Bishop Musakwa had told them, anybody whose cell phone goes off during this seminar, you're buying lunch for everybody. So that's what Pastor Simon just said. I didn't know that was a cell phone ringing. I just kept hearing this noise, and I couldn't figure it out. And Pastor Simon said, someone's buying lunch for us today. So, all right, go ahead. The word in Genesis 1 is Elohim. Elohim. And that is a plural word. Is that what you're talking about? The first thing that I want you to think about before the Christian church ever existed, the Jews had Genesis 1. And the Jews never understood Genesis 1 to mean more than one. Every time they read Elohim, they never saw that to mean more than one person. For thousands of years now, they still read Genesis 1, and they still only see one. So there's got to be a different answer than what tradition has given it. And the answer really is simple. This is what is called a majestic plural. How are you going to translate that? Majestic plural. A plural of majesty. Yes, I understood the word monarch. Yes. yes. Um, for example, if the Queen of England greets the people, she does not say, I greet you. She says, we greet you. Because she speaks not only for herself, but for her entire kingdom. That is the plural of majesty. This is a concept that 
what has been understood for centuries. And this, this is the same reason why God said, let us make man in our image. He wasn't speaking as though there are other people. He was speaking on behalf of his kingdom. In fact, I want to prove that to you. If you'll open the book of Genesis. I think Pastor Simon's a little excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 26, chapter 1, verse 26. Chapter 1, verse 26, Guinness. And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now that sounds plural. But look at the next verse. Verse 27. So God created man in. What's the next word? That's singular. Not in their own image, but in his own image. When God speaks, he speaks majestically. Did you see the look on Pastor December's? You know, Pastor December is the one sitting back here. Did you see the look on his face when, when, when I said, back, back it up just a little bit there. Josh, can you do that? Can you just What's the next word? No, no, no. No, you went too far. Just let it play from there. That's singular. <laughs> Not in their own image, but in his own image. When God speaks, he speaks majestically. Okay, when God acts, he acts singularly. Right there. You see, you see, Pastor December, he is he is getting so excited about it. All right, all right, go ahead and finish it out. Yes. All right, all right. I'm telling they got so excited as we went through this. One more and then we're done. Um, so one of the questions that I am asked. What are you doing? That's. Do what? Okay. I wasn't ready yet. Okay. Um, so what, what you're about to see now is the very conclusion of the question and answer session, which was the last thing we did before the baptism. And, and what I did at this point was to ask them about Jesus' statement on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, there are about four of them that give answers. Some of them are hard to understand. Their, their um, accent, very strong, very heavy. And so you're going to have a hard time understanding what they're saying. Don't worry about that. We get down to where Pastor Simon gives the answer. I want you to, I want you to pay attention to what Pastor Simon says. He's speaking in the microphone. 
I want you to remember that just 24 hours before this, Pastor Simon was a Trinitarian pastor who walked into this seminar not even knowing what we were about to do and what he was about to hear. And I want you to hear his answer to my question. This is absolutely phenomenal. All right, let's go. Is when Jesus was on the cross and he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If there's only one, why did Jesus say he was forsaken by God? Is that a good question? Yes. Would you like an answer? I want to give you one, praise God. I just want to try. Okay, all right. Uh, I, know, I, I think it was Jesus. Uh, not the son. This is Bishop Mosakwa, the man who invited me over in the first place. He's, he's answering. Uh, uh, now, Jesus Christ, he was now accomplishing the mission of carrying the sins of the world. Yes. Then God doesn't look at a sinful nature. So Jesus Christ was carrying the sins. So there was a reason. Um, see, since he was finishing, so the 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 father was silent. Okay. 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 Good. Oh, there was another hand. Okay. All right. Yes, we have seen. That the God the Father himself in the sun. Yes. And when Jesus was at the cross, he was the son of God. Yes. Manifestation. Yes. So he was appealing to himself as the God the Father. For the for second. Okay, good answer. Did, did you want to, was there something else? All right. Yes. Uh, since since Jesus the father was the spirit. Uh, uh, now he was, he, he was speaking to his flesh. I mean, to, to, to the spirit. To the spirit. To the spirit. Mm -hmm. So that why have you left me alone? Why have you left the, the flesh? Oh, yeah. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. right there. Did you hear what he said? Now, again, this is a Trinitarian pastor. His answer was, the flesh was speaking to the Spirit. Now, that's a pretty amazing thing that in 24 hours' time, they've got this. All right? All right, and now Pastor Simon is going gonna, is gonna to say something. Go ahead. Okay, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, may I think... To add on what my last brother just said, God is spirit. Yes. Who manifested himself in the flesh. Yes. Because he had the flesh on him. But now because the flesh bore our sins, uh, the spirit could not 
stay where sin was. So it was like the spirit moved out of the body. And the body says, why is now for second? Hallelujah, hallelujah, So again, his answer was the flesh. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. See, maybe I should be asking the questions and you all answering them. Here is, here is something else I want you to think about. The Jewish process of memorizing scriptures. All of the Jewish people, each week in their synagogue, were given a passage of scripture. This was the passage for them to study this week. They would work on memorizing this passage. And they had a way of testing one another to see whether they were memorizing the verses. For example, if their passage was the 23rd Psalm, and Pastor Simon and I are Jewish, and I see Pastor Simon on the street, I want to know if he knows that passage. I just start out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then I look at him. It's now his job to finish that chapter. Okay? When I quote the first verse of the chapter, he has to quote the rest. Are you with me? Jesus is hanging on the cross. Get your Bible. Go to Psalm 22. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you know that's the first verse of a chapter in the Psalms? Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, the moment Jesus speaks these words, every Jew there starts remembering the rest of that chapter. Do you know what else is in that chapter? Let me show you. Read verse 6. Oh, get your, your verse 6. I am a worm and no man. This is Psalm 22. A reproach of men and despised of people. Psalm 22, verse 6. Verse 7. Verse 7. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. Uh -huh. They shoot me out the lip. They shake the head, saying, uh -huh. Read. He trusted on the Lord. That he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Listen to what I'm saying. In this chapter, the verses say that people would mock him. 
and say what why doesn't God save him? What were they saying while Jesus was on the cross? Why doesn't God save you? Alright, we're not done. Skip down to verse 13. They graped upon me with their mouths. As ravening and a roaring lion. Read. I am poured out like water. Uh -huh. Now all my bones are out of joint. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. Uh -huh. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Read. My strength is dried up. My tongue cleaveth to my jaw. Uh -huh. Read. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Read. For dogs have compassion. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Uh -huh. Now listen, listen. What's the next thing that said? They pierced my hands and my feet. They pierced my hands. This is chapter 22. That began with my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? When Jesus said those words, every Jew around the cross began to quote Psalm 22. And they get down to this verse and it says they pierced my hands Read. Read again. Uh, this says verse 16, verse 17. Verse 17. I may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me. And verse 18. They part my garments. They part my garments among them. And cast lots and upon cast my vesture. Lots upon my vesture. Do you see that what Psalm 22 was doing was prophesying the cross? And when Jesus quoted verse 1, every Jew had to remember this was written by David many years ago. I'm watching this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I could go on all night, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you a rest. Amen. Thank God for people that gladly receive the word. Thank God for people that gladly receive the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they not only got it for themselves, they are spreading the word. I received a message uh, just in the last few days from a pastor uh, on Facebook. He contacted me. He said, I, uh, I was not at the June meeting, but I will be at the October meeting. Amen. 
just saw where a friend of his just liked the A to Z missions page. Hallelujah. And so I'm just telling you, word is spreading all across Zimbabwe into Botswana. It's going to continue to spread into South Africa. It's going all over. Praise God. And it's all because people gladly receive the word of the Lord. Oh, God, give us a heart where we can gladly receive when the preacher preaches. And we don't get our little attitudes and, and, and sit and question everything, but we receive what the Word of God has to say. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank God for it. And now, I don't know. I don't know. I tell you what, we really need to try to get through this. I want to get over this, get, get through all of this. So um, you just might not want to miss Tuesday night prayer meeting. We may, we may just, after we get through praying, I may show a few after, after that on Tuesday nights and, and take you through this. We're at the exciting point in all of this where folks start getting baptized. I, um, I, I wish that I could show you. Uh, I have on my phone a picture. Uh, the day that we taught on baptism and this Pastor Simon fell to his knees repenting, uh, that afternoon we passed around a list, who all wants to be baptized in Jesus' name? And I have a picture of the pages of names of people that signed up. So we're ready. We see it. We accept it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I am going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you that we would have special prayer right now. I was contacted, um, I think it was last night. Was it last night or early this morning? I don't know. Pastor Charles contacted me first. Was that last night? Don't know. I, I, everything's running together. It's, it's difficult for me because, um, like right now, it's their morning. And when they contact me, during the day, it's their night, and just it's it's hard to keep it all straight. But anyhow, sometime in the last 24 hours, Pastor Charles Nadiara contacted me. Uh, he is, I, I think I've explained to all of you that these men are not, a, this is not one organization we're meeting with. That's the way it was when I went in 2001. That's not the way this is. What you're seeing here are just preachers out of different organizations, different groups, um, most of them are friends with, with Bishop Musakwa. Uh, he contacted them personally. He invited them personally to come. They're not in the same organizations. There were different ideas, different beliefs um, that were represented there that day. But Pastor Charles, Pastor Charles actually is in a, uh, some kind of an organization and word has gotten back to the leader of that group who is actually based in Australia, of all places. Word has just gotten back to the leader of that group that Pastor Charles is now preaching the oneness of God and baptizing in Jesus' name. The leader of that group has contacted him. Pastor Charles was over seven churches. That leader said, no more. I'm pulling all of them out from under your care. And from what I understand from Pastor Charles, he started those churches. Now, Pastor Charles told me, said, the people I'm preaching to told me we want the truth. And what you're preaching is truth. So it doesn't matter what they say. This is what's right. But it's, he is doing this at great personal cost.
You've just got to understand that for them, they have nothing. And if they're in some organization, usually that organization is providing them with rent money so they can rent their churches. Many times is actually paying the rent money for their homes. It's giving them um, everything they need to survive. When he's cut off, it's not just like a man going independent in, in the U.S. You understand it's cost them everything. And now they have cut Pastor Charles off completely. And, and he, said, he said, the man that was over me has rejected the message of the oneness of God. He's rejected baptism in Jesus' name. And um, he's very, very upset with him. And I just told Pastor Charles, I said, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. You just keep standing for truth. God's going to make it up to you. You keep preaching what you know the Bible says. God will make it up to you. Amen. They are leaving this Sunday to go to Bishop Aston's conference in Kenya. I told him, I said, when you get there, God's going to speak to you. You just hang on. God's going to give you a word of direction. God's going to give you what you need when you get to Kenya. Praise God. But I want us to pray right now. I want us to pray for Pastor Charles. I want us to pray specifically that God will give him that word of direction, that God will help him. Amen. That God will give him more souls than what they've pulled away from him. I think it's interesting that he was the one that I spoke to that day in the seminar. You heard it. It was Pastor Charles that I pointed to and said, God will give you more than what you've ever lost. Well, hallelujah. Without even knowing it, I believe that God was speaking not only of the past tense, but of what was going to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. But Pastor Charles and all of these men need God's protection. They need God's grace. They need God's strength. God's got to help them. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to destroy what's happening over there. We've got an obligation, church, to pray that God puts a hedge of protection around them and keeps them safe. Let's pray together right now, everybody. Lord, in Let's thank God for it right now, can we? Let's thank God for it. Let's thank God for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you tonight.